and I actually think brands from coffee producing countries have a sort of interesting solution to that because uh, one is that they work very closely with the farmers. So they engage with them on a, a much more than superficial level and they're able to tell sort of their stories and what's happening with them in a much different way than than someone who just kind of parachutes in, buys coffee and 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 goes out. Welcome to the Daily Coffee Pro by Mapper Ford, friends. I'm your host, Lee Safar, and this is sadly the last episode of our series with Matt from Blue Takai. And we are talking about building specialty coffee brands in a producing country. In this episode, the final of the series, we're looking at asking this very important question that, again, I don't know why we haven't asked this question before on this podcast, but why aren't any of the big coffee brands from producing countries? Matt, why do you think that that's the case? Yeah, so it's a complicated question and something <laughs> I spend a lot of time thinking about. <laughs> when I, you know, like when I travel outside, I never see any Indian brands, but then now in India, there's a lot of, you know, foreign brands are coming, yeah. uh, coffee and, 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 you know, I think, it ultimately is tied to to income. Uh, uh-huh. Coffee producing countries typically uh, come from this area of the world where they've all been lower income countries, mm. uh, and and you know, coffee consumption uh, increases with with income. So even as India has become richer, now coffee consumption is increasing. But richer countries have considerably higher coffee consumption than than producer countries. Um, and so from that perspective, it does make sense that the 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 big brands would be where the the consumption is. But um that that kind of becomes a little bit uh, I, I don't want to say problematic, but uh, uh, but it's right. Some yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe problematic because because we know that the bulk of the monetary benefits from uh, the coffee value chain doesn't happen at the farm level, right? Correct. Uh, the, the the bulk of the economic benefits happen above the farm level. Yeah. And so then if all of the companies who are accruing those benefits are not in producing countries, then 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 coffee producing countries will still could always be stuck in this this low mm. income uh, uh, problem. Um, I mean, and 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 like I think it's interesting to compare it to oil. Because uh, oh. you know, there's this fallacy that that coffee is the second most traded commodity after no. oil. That's not true. But like, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> but like, if you look at the oil, the, the the countries that produce oil, they still maintain a lot of the wealth from yes. oil within their countries. Uh, I mean, some countries don't do a very good job of spreading that to other people in, right. in, in their country. But at least that 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 money is somehow within within the country. Um, and that doesn't happen with coffee. And so then what does that mean for, for a country that, that produces coffee? Then they're just kind of relegated to being a, you know, a, a low value provider of yeah. input. Um, and that means that there's not knowledge that goes into that industry. There's the, the, the money to, to sort of develop, uh, domestic talent and domestic brands doesn't happen. And, and I think it's interesting to see that reflected in like all the competitions, you mm. n- almost never see uh, uh, someone from a coffee producing country win. win. I think just recently someone from uh, Colombia uh, Brazil won, but and Brazil, or, or sorry, Colombia. Colombia first, and then Brazil. Yes, you're right. But up until that point, it's all been people from yeah. you know America, uh, Australia, yeah. yeah, 
Um, and so you see you see that skill gap reflected in 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 competitions like these are supposedly the sort of the best and brightest of of you know uh, of of the especially coffee industry and they're all from places that don't go coffee um and 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 so i was listening to your uh your previous episode uh I, and i'm sorry i forget the guest's name but uh she had said that you know in in a lot of these markets especially coffee is kind of like the uh, with Miranda, the de facto, right? Yeah, with Miranda. Yeah, uh, like like customers don't care where the coffee comes from or how it's roasted because they expect it to be single yeah. origin and they expect it to be roasted well. Um, and and I actually think brands from coffee producing countries have a sort of interesting solution to that because uh, one is that they work very closely with the farmers, so they engage with them on a, a much more than superficial level. And they're able to tell sort of their stories and what's happening with them in a much different way than than someone who just kind of parachutes in, buys coffee and 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 goes out. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Mapper Forward's first on-demand workshop, How to Become a Coffee Consultant, available now online for you to learn at your own pace with a certificate available upon completion. Click the link in the show notes to access today for just 50 euros. Um but I also think that they're able to use coffee as a tool to kind of tell more about the culture of, of these mm. countries. So like there's so many fascinating things going on in music and art and other brands that are doing cool stuff in India that I think would be really engaging for consumers in, in these, uh, you know, Western countries and, and sort of coffee then becomes kind of a conduit to tell that. And I think that becomes a very interesting value proposition for 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 customers right like mm. oh it's not just about like getting the standard coffee that i get like the coffee is good it's great could uh, you know i could be from any specialty coffee shop but then look at all this other stuff about like what's happening in india or indonesia or or mm. you know colombia right um I, and i think that's a uh an opportunity that I, that that i that i see a lot of potential in uh when i was a just to piggyback off that thought when i was a barista in america like some 15 years ago and then again some like eight or nine years ago. I wanted to do a survey, so I asked the customers where coffee comes from. And eight out of ten of them didn't know it came from a tree, like mm. a plant. They didn't know it was an agricultural yeah. product. And this yeah. is the this is the thing that starts to be the breakdown when the the coffee is consumed in a country other than where it's grown. There's a there's such a disconnect between yeah. the person that's consuming it and the actual agricultural product. You don't get that in India. Like I, I've got this feeling like everybody understands about coffee uh, because like the producers are five six generations in coffee's everywhere you go. Um, and there's this kind of rich, already embedded culture about coffee that exists there. There is this rich, embedded culture here in Australia and in America, but it's a very, very different way of understanding yeah. coffee. And and I think that's the beginning of where it all starts to break down. The other yeah. part about it is, is like the people who are winning out of the coffee supply chain don't actually touch the coffee. Right, like the people who are making money in the coffee supply chain are the banks, the landlords, and the equipment manufacturing companies. It's not the roaster, the cafe owner, the the producer. Yeah. It's it's not any of those people. Whereas I yeah. I wonder, like, is that going to become a fallacy in India as 
the industry grows. Do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, I mean, I think it's 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 interesting because I, I actually it's interesting that you brought up the equipment thing because I was thinking about this uh, earlier. Is that I'm I couldn't think of any other example where a tool uh, for production is sort of like the hallmark of uh, <laughs> you know like a good a good uh, a good coffee company, right? Like right. Uh, ultimately, espresso machine just brews the coffee. Yeah. But yet having like the, the the fancy equipment then becomes like a signifier. Yeah, yes, I care about coffee. There's but there's no other there's no other no. uh and I, I mean maybe there are, but I couldn't think of any other no. industry where you're right. You you would do that. Um and and so I think it, in a way it sort of devalues the work that everybody else is doing up into that point. Um and and I think, especially for coffee producing countries, because they're at such a, a, a low income level, that missing out on that economic benefit is like a, mm. you know, that could be so much more transformative if it if some of that flows to coffee producing countries than than if it just stays in in places where the industry is already developed, right? I don't think that that U.S. or Australia or or any of these other countries would really suffer if you know another twenty roasters weren't trained or another fifty master baristas weren't trained. But imagine if those uh, people were, you know, skilled up in in some of these other countries and, and came to India, that would have a massive impact yeah. on on uh, on the industry. If we were able to send some of our team members to become managers in the U.S., that salary alone would be supporting so many people back yeah. home in in, in India. Um, and it just it just could have such a you know a great multiplier uh, mm. for for the entire you know industry here. But I think. You know, I think customers would also kind of gain a lot from that, from what I was what I was saying before, um, having a, a a deeper connection to to coffee rather than just sort of the, the farm name on on the packet. What do you think happens as producing countries cultivate a um, as as they cultivate a coffee drinking culture, and they end up consuming more of their coffee in country? What does our industry look like in 10 years? Like in a country like India where there's no coffee available to go outside now. And Colombia is doing the same thing with creating a coffee producing, a coffee drinking culture. And Brazil's doing the same thing. And Rwanda's doing the same thing. What do you think it looks like when that starts happening? I think it's going to cause some tension. Uh... <laughs> That's a great word for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh because you know uh it'll be interesting to see if you know right now we're still at a point where there's still a lot of cachet that growers get if they export their coffee right, right? so even if we are to pay the same price as someone in in the US if it's like a you know a famous coffee brand they'll yeah. they'll sell the coffee to them probably for cheaper than they would even sell to us because they you know that sort of enhances their the brand. farm brand value and they're yeah. kind of, you know, uh, they feel good about that. Uh, but I think as more, you know, not everybody has that mindset. There's many more people who are happy to sell it to the, the, the you know, the local, uh, local roasters where as long, you know, they're doing a good job with the coffee and they're, they're, you know, presenting it well, it's much easier for a grower in India to sell it to us than it is to go through the hassle yeah. of finding a foreign buyer and exporting it and, um, and especially because we paid basically the similar price. Um, yeah. it's I, I see more and more coffee staying within these countries. And then does that mean that 
people in other parts of the world have to pay extra. They have to pay a, 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 a even higher premium. Uh, is that a bad thing? I don't necessarily think so, right? No. Because uh, you know, maybe coffee should be priced higher in some of these other countries than it's than it currently is, because maybe those farmers should be getting a little bit more of that value. Um, but once once sort of scarcity sets in, then it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see how that kind of dynamic plays out. Yeah, especially with the way that the world's going, geopolitical issues, economic issues, all of those kinds of things. The risk of putting something on a boat where it has to go through, let's say the Suez Canal or whatever it is with what's going on, it may not be worth the risk anymore. It may just be worth selling it in country and skipping all the hassle. Yeah. It's yeah. going to get very, very interesting over the next five years, I think. Yeah, it's exciting times. It really is. <laughs> Matt, this has been such a pleasure to have this conversation. Thank you for being such a kind of milestone in my personal journey with regards to the podcast, this being the last one that I'm recording while I'm living in Australia, I appreciate you being a part of that journey in such a significant way, especially because Blue Tukai, I, I really feel like it was a really beautiful moment for me when I was in India that kind of helped me realize like I am excited about the future of specialty coffee in India and I want to come back and I want to keep watching it grow. Um, so thank you for that. If people want to get in contact with Blue Tokai and check out what you guys are doing, how do they do that? Yeah, you can visit our website, bluetokaicoffee.com. Uh, We're on Instagram. Uh, and please come visit one of our cafes uh, across the country. Beautiful. Will you sign us out for the yeah. last time while I'm in Australia? <laughs> Peace, love, and peanut butter. Thank what? you so much for having me. It was You're a welcome. great conversation. You're welcome. Come back again. I really hope you'll come yeah. back again. Have a wonderful rest of your day, everyone. Thanks for tuning in, friends. There are two ways you can support this podcast. Firstly, become a paid member of our YouTube channel. Secondly, you can join our Patreon for as little as $3 a month. Both have options for exclusive ad-free content and early release content. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. The Daily Coffee Pro is produced by Map It Forward and the music you're listening to is called Run 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 off of my album Laundry After Midnight. To get older episodes of this podcast, as well as more information on Mapper Forward, head to mapperforward.coffee. You can find links and more information in the show notes below.